0: Hello and welcome to the Art of Selling Wine with a very special episode because today I'm not going to talk about the Art of Selling Wine itself. I'm going to talk about traveling the Bordelais, the Bordeaux area in a camping van and especially in a big mobile home. In our case, it was a mobile home by the company Eura Mobile, Eura mobile and the model is an Active Activa 1 690 VB. So that means it is almost seven meters long. Welcome to the Art of Selling Wine. In this podcast, we explore the foundation of business success in the wine industry. And we also take a look at global game changers such as changing climatic conditions, changing customer behavior and demands emerging and fading distribution channels, and many topics alike that affect winemakers everywhere. My goal is to collect regional answers and strategies and spread the ideas worldwide. My name is Diego. I'm a wine marketing consultant specialized in the strategic brand positioning of small and medium-sized family wineries. I have a background as trained winemaker in Rheingau area, Germany, and a degree in international wine business this podcast is my contribution to the wine sector that I love so much. Enjoy it in the vineyards or in the cellar or while traveling as winemaker or sommelier. And don't hesitate to contact me. You are listening to The Art of Selling Wine, the podcast for wine professionals. This episode is presented to you by wine plus wine plus is a German based platform for wine professionals from all around the world. It is written w e i n dot plus w e i n dot And all the episodes of the art of selling wine and my German podcast wine verkauft are available in early access for the wine plus members. It's a free membership, so you don't have to pay and you get two weeks early access to any episode. The Bordeaux series is also powered by Amorim Kork. Amorim Kork is partner of my German podcast and therefore they enabled me to do this whole endeavor in Bordeaux. And if you are currently looking for a new supplier of high quality Kork, I recommend taking a look at Amorim Kork. And if you understand German, I also provide a nice German episode. I think it's number 62 with Gerd Reis. He's the CEO of the northern European division of Amorim Cork, and we talk about the renaissance of Cork and the future of closing closing systems for wine bottles. This whole series, the Bordeaux series, was made possible by a German company called Euramobile. Euromobile you would pronounce it in English. They produce high quality mobile homes and they provided me, meaning my wife and me, with a mobile home just for the trip to Bordeaux Additional partner for the French series is vitisphere.com. Whenever you want to find out about what's going on in French wine business, I highly recommend visiting Vitisphere. They are very helpful to our industry in France. The Bordeaux episodes were also supported by Bordeaux.com. It's the website of the Bordeaux Wine Growers Association, CIVB, and they supported me with giving me access to many, many, many of the interview partners that you are going to get to know in the following episodes. The model is an Activa 1 690 VB. So that means it is almost seven meters long. It's huge. Like it's it's a it's a big big truck. Uh, it suits six persons. Uh, we have a two-person bed in our alcove on top of the cockpit. Two more single beds are in the back, and uh, they can be extended to two persons each. Uh, but we, in this case, use them as storage room because we are just two: my wife and me. We have a large kitchen, it, is gas, uh, it has gas-fueled stuff with two big and one small hops, a comfortable sink and a nice big fridge, which is very important. Uh, thanks to its very high ceilings, this mobile home allows for very comfortable cooking even for a tall person like me. For your information, I am 1 meter and 19 centimeters, which is a bit less than 6.25 feet, depending on what metric system you use. The living area comes with a table and two benches for four persons. In case you need more, there are two more seats with a table in the back. This was very handy for the two of us, as we worked a lot in the mobile home and could split up for video conferences. Working while driving is also possible. Laptops with rubber feet have strong grip on the table and you can put on seat belts everywhere, although we found working to be only possible on highways. You can't forget about small curvy roads with potholes and a laptop, like you won't see anything on your screen. Another very important topic, the bathroom. Euromobile provided this model with a w- roughly 1.5 square meter bathroom, including a chemical toilet and a shower with a huge mirror. For hot water, this mobile home has a boiler that delivers up to 60 degrees of Celsius, which equals roughly 140 degrees Fahrenheit. We found 40 degrees Celsius to be better to adjust the ideal water temperature without freezing to death and getting boiled alive in the process. Hot water is sufficient for, we would say, two short showers or one long one. The toilet is small but easy to use and cleaning a chemical toilet is also absolutely no problem these days. So let's talk about storage. The car has a huge space in its back where you could easily store three bicycles next to each other. We call this our cellar. Together, so my wife and me, we use not much more than 50% of the storage of space available. You can access the cellar through a door from both sides and also from inside the car, which is extremely handy. To keep things from rolling around while we drive, we uh, fill up this filled up the space with a lot of boxes. Um, Personally, I do not think storage to be a scarce resource in this car, I would rather say it is dangerously easy to load too much cargo and have an overweight car, which would basically threaten your standard driver's license. The main energy source uh, are gas and two batteries, one for the car engine and one for the home area. We always have two bottles of gas with us, one in use and another full one as backup. The storage fits two 11-kilogram bottles next to each other. If you use bigger ones, you need to store one backup bottle in the cellar, but the cellar, like I said, is just huge. For heating, the mobile home has a gas heater with five stages. The hottest one, like stage five, will make you wake up super sweaty and feeling like in a sauna. So this works pretty well. Euromobile built this model with a double floor that also comes with heating, so you generally have warm feet if you like to. We decided to save some energy and keep temperatures at somewhat lower than usual room temperature, but there's by, this is by no means a technical issue. It's our decision. The insulation seems pretty solid. The camping car holds temperature for, I would say, some hours as we have really low temperatures outdoors, but in the end, you know, you're still living in a truck. So uh, permanent heating is a must. Another very important topic is fuel demand of the engine. We try to drive slowly at a maximum speed of 90 km per hour, which equals 55 mph. After more than 4000 km, this has caused an average use of 11 liters per 100 km. Driving faster would significantly increase this, but the car Fiat Ducato is definitely able to go fast. Altogether, this car provides some serious life quality. We don't feel like we're missing anything from our flat and once we got used to the rhythm of van life, we really enjoyed this endeavor. Our sleep is very well. The beds are comfortable and keep us warm at night. Hearing the sea, the cars, the birds or whatever else happens to be close to you is not stopping us from sleeping at all. You can shut every window to sleep in total darkness, so that is fine, but blocking out sounds does not work as you are living in a truck. But now let's jump on and see how our van life looks like. We developed this very rhythmic or periodic lifestyle. Um, So we have a daily routine, that is getting up at roughly 7 o'clock, jogging. And then comes our first block of labor till noon. So I'm working on my podcast and my wife, uh, she's doing home office from her mobile home office. So she's doing mobile home office. And uh, then at noon, we start cooking, replacing gray water, clearing the toilet if necessary, stuff like that. Um, Then we have the second block of labor. And after labor, we immediately head on to, for example, shop groceries. We have, as I said, um, propane gas bottles, uh, 11 kg if you're in Germany or 13 kilograms if you're in France. Um, they last four to five days, uh, which depends on how, how much you have to heat, actually. Because when the sun comes out, it's like 10 to 15 degrees Celsius outside. We barely heat at all because the sun really heats the, uh, the car. Uh, but if it's cloudy or rainy, damn, you're freezing to death here and we heat all day. Um, The chemical toilet lasts, I would say, roughly two days. So we clean it every two days. And uh, without charge, we have electricity for two days. We just recently discovered that uh, the water boiler um, pulls a lot of energy and we had it going all the time. So this changes. But uh, yeah, to be honest, we didn't know. So electricity... uh, the the lifestyle without off-grid so to say um, took we could do this for two days Um, washing our clothes uh, is necessary like every five days i think and um, we have like a small uh, dryer so we can uh, we can put all our clothes in here and with the heating system like the air heating system they dry pretty well and uh, yeah so that's about it and I would like to go a bit deeper into the topic of uh, how home office works in the camping van, what kind of infrastructure we set up to do home office, and yeah, just uh, talk a bit about the lifestyle in case you want to replicate this for yourself. So the two basic ingredients you need are Wi-Fi connection and energy. As Wi-Fi, we use an unlimited data contract for mobile phones in a mobile Wi-Fi hub by Huawei. Uh, This hub provides roughly 24 hours of energy. We bought a good one because we uh, don't want to get rid of energy and uh, we don't just uh, have this for this trip, but uh, we have no uh, cable DSL at home. So we use this all the time. Uh, As I said, we use it at home um, too, but uh, we had to upgrade the bitrate. Good rule of thumb is everything that allows for HD Netflix also works for most work necessities. The mobile router can be charged at any 12 volt USB station, just like any random mobile phone. For energy, you either need uh, laptops that can be charged on 12 volts, so on car voltage, or a voltage converter. We bought a small converter that can plug in into any cigarette lighter, so in the car, and uh, it delivers up to 200 watts. This is enough for a laptop and a screen. We can charge, for example, my razor, we can charge uh, electrical toothbrushes or we can use it for a coffee grinder. Although I must say plugging into your uh, 12 volt uh, plug and then converting to 230 volt and then using this for a 12 volt suitable uh, mobile phone is super waste of energy, so uh, don't do this if you don't have to. But uh, in this car, we have some uh, USB plugs that directly go into the car machine, so uh, we can charge anywhere. Another thing that you really need to know is timing when uh, it comes to home office. I mean, this is obvious if you have ever done any longer periods of home office at all. But uh, when you do this in a mobile home, it's even more important. You can't figure how it. Uh, Fathom how important it is. Uh, So timing is super critical in France. Many grocery stores close at seven, so there's not much time left after work for driving, cooking, and shopping. Yeah, Uh, when it comes to the home office lifestyle, this of course is highly individual. As mentioned, we got used to start the day with jogging. This way, you make sure to get enough activity and see the environment you're located in. We support ourselves most of the time, so we cook ourselves. I mean, obviously, wine is not a big problem for somebody running a wine business podcast. And uh, I guess what I try to say is uh, we did not have the typical holiday in France lifestyle, but rather our normal one with changing views out of our window. And so uh, this is why we found jogging to be such a good, good addition to our lifestyle, because uh, this way we actually uh, got to know the landscape we're in and not just watching at it uh, looking at it from our desk yeah uh, when it comes to work it is hard to maintain focus on your to maintain focus on your work while figuring out how to sustain the mobile home lifestyle and this took one and a half week yeah, nearly two weeks to really get this uh, rhythm done Um, You need to schedule in a way that you don't create super stressful moments after work while trying to get everything done before 90% of the necessary stores and stations shut down. And I often did this in the beginning. So I had phone calls or video conferences uh, while I had to replace gas bottles or to empty the chemical toilet and find a parking place for that. And uh, now that I know how things work here in France, this is done very fast and very easy. But in the beginning I had to find out and this was super stressful doing these two things at the same time and I do not recommend it at all. But this lifestyle has a very good side. It it makes you question unnecessary workload. For example, I realized that I spent way too much time browsing royalty-free beats on YouTube for my podcasts, while actually very few people ever mentioned the music in any positive or negative way to me so i decided to use no further music and immediately felt a heavy relief because i had this self-created burden to find good music that i like and that maybe people like and blah and this took so much time and i always delayed the preparation of my podcast episodes because i knew that this unschedulable I don't know if this is right uh, block of work comes to me and sometimes it would take me five minutes sometimes it would take me literally up to three hours and so I decided to skip this because it just didn't work. Also I realized that I needed to stack my work even more Uh, From now on, I will switch to pre-producing more episodes in advance instead of finishing them a few days before release. And uh, by pre-producing, I don't just mean recording them, but I also mean like cutting them and um, recording the intro and the outro and just having basically the whole episode done. I always can add or cut out some sponsor messages, but this is really fast And so I want to pre-produce more episodes on one day so that I have the full month left of whatever I want to do. The habit I had, this was like I I released an episode on Friday and I produced it on Wednesday. Um, This heavily collided with uh, setting so many appointments as I do here in Bordeaux. And I realized that I cannot go on like this. I would not have seen this as a change worth pursuing if it wasn't for this mobile home experience. Seriously. And now we come to a very, very interesting topic. This is traps. What kind of traps does the mobile home lifestyle hold up for you? And I guess everyone needs to learn that at a certain time who is uh, <laughs> having his first home mobile home experience, but you cannot postpone buying a new bottle of gas. I tried. We coined the term fridge life for this situation, so instead of van life. Uh, you will find these gas bottles on fuel stations and big supermarkets, Also, some of the producers allow to search points of sale on their website, which can be hugely beneficial in the middle of the night. Uh, Some of these stations are fully automated and accessible 24-7. The same is true with the chemistry to put in your toilet. Emptying and cleaning is possible in many places, but you still need this blue stuff and it can be pretty hard to find. Good places are the really, really big supermarkets, like the hypermarket commercial centers that have drive-ins. We found a big can of this stuff in an Ileclerc hyperstore, where you can also stack up on blue for little money. So I would really recommend no postponing your survival inst- infrastructure unless you opt for permanent trouble with your wife. I tried, it's a bad idea. Next thing. Avoid city centers. This should be obvious, but I also tried anyways. And it's, as I mentioned, a seven meter long vehicle like a truck. It's horrible. And I really learned some respect for bus drivers. Parking places are never big enough. And when they are, your vehicle has no space to maneuver in it. Like Because you are so big, the just the general size of the road doesn't fit. You are always the biggest, you are always the slowest, people cut you like crazy, it sucks, it totally sucks. And the next thing, and this we had to learn the hard way, watch out for maximum height, signs and barriers. One major disadvantages of Alcove mobile homes is that a tall driver like me has literally no chance to view what is close and above you. And this is true for any model like this has nothing to do with Euromobile. This is just uh, because you you literally you carry your bed above your head, you know. Driving through countryside, this doesn't matter. In the city center, where you have to navigate heavy commuting traffic, understand what Google Maps tries to tell you, and read signs in a foreign language at the same time, you can easily miss the information that a road is not accessible for cars over 3 meters of height. We did. What happens next is that you hear your camper crash into the barrier without seeing anything, so you don't know what's going on. By chance, we realized what had happened and could stop before crashing the Alcove into the following bridge. This way, we managed to block one of Bordeaux's arterial roads for one and a half hour during commuter traffic, which is not a fun experience at all. I really hope that this will not turn into a financial disaster or damage the relationship to Euromobile, but we will see how things unfold. Another trap is trusting the ground too easily. I nearly got stuck in sand when we parked next to the sea, but managed to free the wheel with putting sticks and stones under it. Then I googled for this problem, and it haunts unexperienced mobile home drivers all around the world. Formerly dry meadows turn into slippery slopes in the morning, rainfall is the natural enemy of any hard surface, and sand, oh boy, I will never park on sand again, and sure as hell avoid snow. Be sure to buy some gear that can help you in such situations. Sand tracks, snow chains, stuff like that. Yeah, We learned this and it's really necessary to have it with you. Yeah, but uh, let's go on and talk a bit about visiting Bordeaux. And by Bordeaux, I mean the city. As told before, do not try to enter the city with a mobile home. It, it's, it's not worth it. The trick is to use a park and ride parking place. They are often inaccessible for tall camping vehicles, but you can find parking places very, very close. Then go and use the bus or tram to enter the city. And by the way, these parking places, they are not called park and ride, as we are, for example, used to uh, call them in Germany. They are called Park Relay. Park Relay. R E L A I S. Park Relay. If you want to Google them. Public transportation is super affordable, like uh, one euro seventy per ride through the whole city, and the park and areas are park and ride areas, park relais areas, are extremely well connected. So buses and trams come at a five to ten minute schedule, uh, like a super high frequency, and that is all you really need. In terms of destinations, you should listen to my other Bordeaux episodes and uh, check out what you can see in the middle of this city. And then places worth visiting apart from Bordeaux. I mean, like, obviously you can go to all the wineries and uh, we have some episodes about wineries, but what we enjoyed most was sleeping uh, next to the sea. And for this, you have to go to Cap Ferret Cap Ferret in English. Cap Ferret. Cap Ferret en France. Like, just Google it and you'll understand why. Then we uh, were in this... Uh, in this small village, <clears throat> which is very next uh, to the uh, f- to the delta of the river going into the sea. It's called Le Verdant sur mer and you need to check out these huge defense system bunker style whatever is going on there on the beach that dominate the whole beach. And you can go there and I mean, just enjoy the sight or contemplate the horror of war. You can do both very fine and you have to see this, man. Um then also, if you are there, drive through Medoc and check out the route of châteaux. It will absolutely blow your mind what ho- houses are standing there. Yeah, so all in general, what I want to say about uh, <clears throat> living in this mobile home and driving through Bordeaux while working. Home office in a mobile home is truly one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my life. If you are in a situation that kind of allows that, I encourage you to go and try it out. Rent one of those campers and just see if you like it after four weeks. After just one month, you can be sure to know what you actually need to run your your life on and whatnot. So for example, at home, my flat is full of things. I decided to leave at home and to be honest, I would not be harmed at all if they were gone when I come back. Living in a mobile home is a hardcore crash course in minimalism. And it's so funny. Um, Also, for me, this has another huge advantage. My job naturally comes with lots of traveling. In former times, I did this by car and stayed for one or two nights in the wineries I visit, especially if there were my clients. This always means entering someone else's living space, like behaving according to the rules, having no privacy area or no retreat that feels like your home. And that is no problem if you do it for one or two days. Yeah, But after weeks, it gets energy draining. At some t- time, at some point, You just want to go home and into your own bed, use your own bathroom, follow your own schedule, prepare your own breakfast. I mean, you get it. Now, this really changed with this mobile home that Euromobile provided me with, and I'm extremely thankful for that. Actually, the situation was upside down. I never slept better over such a long period of time. I felt extremely alive. There was not a single moment I was in a rut or bored out of my mind. If you have an adventure soul, this is for you, really. And to be honest, I already miss this lifestyle while while producing this episode, although I still have a week left. The comfort this huge mobile provided uh, us with was surely part of this positive experience. I don't know if a small van where I could barely stand upright would have felt so much like home to me. But this one really did. I really hope that I will get a chance to try out another model because I'm go—I'm not going to drop this lifestyle at any time soon. On the contrary, my wife and me are seriously considering moving into a camper permanently. Euromobil has opened our eyes for the beauty and feasibility of this mod- modern nomadic lifestyle. And in case we inspired you too, they have a huge network of merchants or rental companies all over Europe, where you can follow our footsteps, pardon, car tracks and make the world your front yard. So long, replace your gas bottles or hashtag fridge life and thanks for listening. I'm Diego. I'm the host of this podcast. Obviously, what you maybe do not know is that I'm also active as wine marketing consultant for wineries. And I'm specialized in small and medium sized family wineries that try to figure out their strategic positioning. This often occurs when the winery faces a generational change. So it's ahead of them or they just did it. And the new owners try to find their identity and the winery's identity. The other scenario where my help is often asked is when wineries change their market. So for example, from producing bulk wine to bottling wine. Strategic positioning. I can explain this best on my own podcast. So there are many of wine podcasts, mostly talking about food pairing and stuff. There's one podcast for wine professionals talking about how to make money in the wine industry. This is mine, and this is very special. So this leads to platforms like WinePlus. It's 230,000 members. 30,000 of them are professionals working together with me. Or Vitisphere, the main French medium for wine growing, working together with me. Or Ives, the worldwide corporation of wine research institutes, working together with me because of my strategic positioning. But this is also possible for wineries. But when I look around, most of the wineries I see, they have a me-too positioning, meaning look at me, I also do organic wine, or I also do vegan wine, or I also have a vineyard in this area, or I also produce orange wine, or what have you. So this is positioning, but it's not good. Let me tell you the story of one of my customers. It's Terra Preta Weingut. Huppert, meaning Terra Preta Winery Huppert. And so together we positioned them as the only winery that has its brand centered around the use of Terra Preta. Why is this important? Because if you check this stuff out, it has a huge community on YouTube. You can buy it in grocery stores. Uh, Television channels are reporting about it. Joe Rogan podcast is reporting about it. And no winemaker got the idea to use it as his strategic positioning. So instead of saying, yeah, I'm Organic Winery Huppert, we can say I'm Terra Preta Winery Huppert. This is good strategic positioning and I consulted them and I helped them to change their whole brand around this new identity. And the effect of it is that they now can sell their wine where no other winery is selling because they are part of the Terra Preta community from now on. And if you want to learn how strategic positioning can help you grow your business and stabilize your income, do not hesitate to contact me. I do my consulting locally because I travel the wine world a lot, but also online via Zoom or video conferences. And so just contact me and we can talk about what is possible.